Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know, I think both. We hadn't, we had an original plan. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Stuart. You were going to go with some Doug Marone. We'll get to it in a moment. I jumped the gun. We've had a bunch of plans, and the original plan was to not talk Jags at all here on a Monday. By week, we didn't have a game to discuss. Let's just say, hey, we'll talk Jags the rest of the week. Let's give everybody a break. Well, there's a quarterback situation in Jacksonville. Hello, Jake Luton. You are the new quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars here in week number nine of the NFL season from Oregon State. A Washington guy born and bred. And the sixth-round draft pick of the Jaguars at age 24, he's got a good arm, but can he play the game? And we're going to find out this week in practice for the Jaguars and then this week against the Houston Texans on Sunday. What does it all mean? Hey, everybody, welcome on a Monday. Hope you had a fantastic weekend, got away from football a little bit, or at least enjoyed it without the blood pressure going up and down, uh, usually up. When you're watching the Jacksonville Jaguars, hope you had a nice Halloween as well. We are out at San Jose Country Club. Florida State is putting on a uh, golf tournament. Not Florida State, but Florida State fans. <laughs> this is kind of a Florida State uh, golf tournament where a lot of fans of the program are uh, out here at San Jose Country Club today. Beautifully redone San Jose Country Club. Just opened on October 17th, so this has got to be one of the first events out here. So, appropriately so, we're at uh, a Florida State event. On Georgia, Florida week. <laughs> we do it right around here. Brett Martineau here. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack studios. What's happening, man? Hope you had a good weekend. What'd you dress up as? Uh, nothing at all. Actually, I left that all to my son. Sorry, I'm not with you right now. Uh, obviously, when it comes to the weekend, I don't check my text messages thoroughly. So, I uh, definitely forgot we're on a golf course today. So, that's my bad. But overall, man, uh, I'm going to add a little extra work for Stewart here and see how he can handle it. Yeah, let's see what he can do. Uh, I already jumped the gun on his Doug Marone soundbite uh, with Jake Luton, so we're already throwing him off. He's working hard over there. He did a great job last week, and here we are throwing him curveballs for week number two. And as I said to Austin, uh, to, to Stewart, uh, when he said you're in studio, I said, NFL player. NFL guy. Yeah, yeah. NFL I mean, guy. I'm I, sorry, I, mean, I forgot to send the car. I mean, no, it's all good, man. I mean, to be fair, you did text me Saturday. I was kind of trick-or-treating, so I didn't really have time trying to take my text, mes- text messages. And then when I got the rundown this morning... I didn't see anything the same around a golf course, so that's on me. Now, maybe a little follow-up would have been cool, but hey, it is what it is. We're still doing the show, and we're still all good. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Monday. That's that's Sunday, Monday. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, Uh, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, just in case now you're on backup duty. This is actually works out pretty well. <laughs> you know, but I did even bring the football to throw around a little bit, but now I'm just oh, going to have to man. to myself. Well, hey, it's like I said, it's about a 20-minute drive. I can, I can be there in 10 if you need me there. <laughs> Uh, no, that's okay. Right. Actually, this might work out really well. I've got a show to do on TV at 7, so maybe I'll break out of here a couple minutes early. Now we're so talking. make sure I don't get stuck in traffic. Uh, but anyway, hey, here's the news, right? Jake Luton is the guy. I'm a, I'm a little interested, coming off the report yesterday for me in Rappaport, that, and, and by the way, Doug Marone initially said uh, Luton's going to get the first team reps, see where we're at. Well, later in the news conference, uh, but within the last hour, he said, uh, no, I plan on watching what he does in practice and playing him on Sunday. Uh, but he's told both quarterbacks to be ready. And 
let's hear from Doug Marone because coming out of this, we differ, Austin. We did this last week when this first came about with the Gardner Minshew injury, but we differ on what this might exactly mean Mm -hmm. for the direction of the Jacksonville Jaguars here on Sunday and over the next couple of weeks, perhaps. Let's hear from the head coach. You know, I think both guys have to be ready. You know, that's what I've told both, both players that have to be ready. But, um, you know, I feel like I've, I've seen a lot of Mike. I haven't seen a lot of Jake. So I'm going to go with Jake, you know, this week, taking the reps and see how he, see how he does. Well, so there it is. And, and you know what's interesting about Doug? And I've said this before uh, about him. He is, he gets almost like the pulse of the fan, I think, more than any coach yeah. I've ever dealt with. And I've said it before, my belief is because he's been around the block a little bit, but also he's he's not afraid to acknowledge it. And he also is, I, I still think, comes from being a Yankees fan. Like, he's such a big Yankees fan that I think, like, he understands it, right? He gets it. Um, but he actually said essentially what all of us said the last few days, and even the fans. Like, I think he basically is giving the fans what they want. I'm not saying that's why he made the decision, but he's almost using the logic of what we all say. And that is, hey, listen. We know what Mike Lennon is. We know who he is. We don't know this guy. We drafted him in the sixth round. Let's figure out what he is, Austin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, take it for I guess if Doug did come out and say Jake Luton is the starter, then so be it. Like, as I was watching that press conference, like to me, I got a little more where it was like we're gonna wait and see what he does at practice and then make that final decision. But then towards the end, like you said, it kind of sounds like Luton is the starter, which I mean that's fine. And and I agree. Like I think that Luton gives them a, the better chance of winning because he's the ultimate boomer bust guy. And right now, if you're Doug Marone, if you're Dave Caldwell, you're in the business of boomer bust, right? Like you can't afford just to play it safe with Mike Glennon. You know what Mike Glennon gives you? You've seen him before. You've seen the record. You have a pretty good base of what he can do you're not sure what Luton can do yet he he's a big-bodied quarterback um from what we hear he's got a pretty you know good arm and everything like that so to me this is kind of like that Hail Mary pun intended where if Luton comes out and does fantastic well then maybe you can somehow try to manage your job a little bit longer and obviously kind of have that lifeline there kind of like you had last year for Gardner Minshew yeah, and that's I guess uh, this is where we differ a bit. I think that uh, because you're playing Luton, now you're just saying, hey, let's see what we got because this is evaluation time. This isn't about winning games. I believe most coaches would, would go with Glennon here. If they were worried about winning football games, they would go with Glennon. And I'm not saying Doug doesn't want to win football games. I think they're balancing the position they're in. And the position they're in is right now a top three draft pick, and only two teams are ahead of them, the Giants and the Jets. And so winning games, in my estimation, is not a big-time priority for the rest of this year. And I think the fans agree with that. The organization would never admit that, nor should they, really. So I think the players are trying to win. I think Doug still wants to win games because he knows he's out if they don't win games. And I think, to your point, he's trying to find a little lightning in the bottle, and he hopes that's the case. But I think this is also in the best interest of the organization. One, let's see what this kid does have. Let's make sure there isn't lightning in the bottle. Let's just make sure, hey, he's not this stud guy all of a sudden that that goes on this streak and, and wins five games down the stretch. But it's also, hey, are we really trying to squeeze out another win or two? Uh, and, and I just believe most coaches in Doug's spot right now wouldn't go with Luton. I think they would go with Mike Glennon. Okay, but we're talking about Mike Glennon, though. Let's see. They have the Texans, the Packers, the Steelers, the Browns, the Vikings, the Titans, the Ravens, the Bears, and the Colts. Out of all those games, realistically, how many games can Mike Glennon win? Uh, 
I would say Gardner Minshew, Mike Glenn, and Jake Luton have a chance maybe to win two. But here's the thing. You said Jake Luton maybe, but we don't know. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like We don't know what Luton's got yet. Like I, I can sit here and say pretty wholeheartedly right now, if I was a betting man, that Glennon could go out there maybe – Maybe beat the, the Bears like, if they're struggling at quarterback. Maybe and maybe beat the Texans. And those are two big giant maybes. More than likely, probably not. But I can sit here and say on a Monday, I'm not sure what Luton's got, right? Because I don't know him. So, like, to me, once again, it's the ultimate boomer bust guy. Keep in mind, if Luton comes out against Houston and, you know, throws ducks out there and is not a great leader and just, you know, falls off the cliff, let's just say, well, then you got Glennon as your backup. So then put, go and put him in. Like, you have nothing to lose here with Luton. So that's why I think he gives you the better opportunity to win because if he is bad, like some people maybe think he's going to be, well, then just put Mike, Mike Glennon in there and you lose nothing. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things at hand. The scenario you just painted with Luton and then going to Glennon is interesting because we don't know the timetable of Gardner Minshew. Mm. The latest on Minshew is we're not sure how long this is going to be. The Jags aren't necessarily putting him on IR, at least not yet. And so we don't know how long this Luton experiment will be or even potentially Glennon coming in there if both happen to play. But I think your scenario, which you just painted, could easily be the reverse, too. You could try to win a couple of games with Glennon if you're comfortable because you know who he is. And from a coaching standpoint, you feel more comfortable rather than this young guy who's never even played an NFL snap. And then bring Luton in toward the end of the year when you're really evaluating players. So I think you're, I, I'm not disagreeing with your scenario. I just think it can work both ways on, on how you want to do it. And I just think it's interesting right now the Jaguars are, are really trying to go with this lightning in a bottle. But again, I'm not saying it in a negative standpoint. I think Doug's kind of like, hey, like you just said, this is kind of his Hail Mary. What if this guy is something? What if they start rallying around him? What if they did get lucky and with nine games to go, we get to find out? I'm still not sure it's enough to save anything, quite frankly. But I guess this is his last-ditch effort. Uh, and I can't even tell you how the kid will do. I have no idea how the young man will do. Well, and that's the thing, too. And if I'm Doug Marone and I have to face this locker room, I'm going to be straight up with him. Like, hey, guys, we're going to go with Luton just because I think he's got the higher ceiling. So let's see what this guy's at. Like, I'm still trying to win games for me and for you guys as well. Like, we're still in the business of winning, at least in that locker room. So I'm going to put Luton in and see what we got. I feel like it's hard to sell if we put Mike Glennon in right now. It's like... Uh, yeah, you know, like everyone knows, everyone in the locker room knows what Mike Glennon is. Okay, like there's not a person in that locker room that doesn't know what Mike Glennon brings to the table. Now, maybe they saw something different in training camp. Maybe they, they saw the best version of Glennon, but for the most part, they know what they're getting with Glennon. I think if you're Doug Marone and you're trying to motivate your players and you're trying to salvage a season the best as possible, Luton is the better guy. I think that if you go. Glennon right now, and then you say, well, you know, if Glennon ends up stinking, let's go and put Luton towards the end of the season. Well, then it goes to show you that, you know, like, well, the tank is on the table, let's just say, right? And that does zero favors for you of how those players in that locker room feel about you. So I think it's good for the locker room. I think it's good for Doug Marone. And I think it's good for a team that if they truly are trying to win games, they're going to try to do it. That's really, you know, again, you played, and so I like when you talk about the locker room and what they might be thinking, but I mean, they saw this guy in practice for three weeks, you know. And, and, and by the way, when this guy was throwing the football, the starters were probably not even watching, you know, because he was with the third team, you know, or maybe sometimes with the second team. But I, I just, I mean, what kind of, uh, this isn't about who they played or not, but what kind of confidence <laughs> could they have well, in this young quarterback? I mean, it, it's got to be all, you know, 
fictitious confidence, right? I mean, sure. you just make believe, and it's blind faith. It's 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 fabricated. You're just hitting and hoping here. I mean, there's no way DJ Chark and and Avery Jones and Tyler Eifert can be like, oh yeah, man, I'm glad they put this guy. I mean, how, how would they say that? I mean, probably not. But at the same time, you say, well, they see them in practice. It's just practice, right? Like, we saw Gardner Minshew playing four preseason games, and we're ready to call in a veteran to say, listen, Gardner Minshew can't be the backup because he looks terrible in the preseason games. Lo and behold, he was the best option for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Beat out Nick Foles. Now, he got hurt, obviously, this year, and it is what it is. But you don't know what you have with Luton. You, you seriously don't know. He, he could be better than Gardner Minshew, or he could be horrible. But why not find out? And I think if you're a guy in that locker room right now and you see that you have a murderer's row schedule coming at you, you want to have the ultimate boom player to say, you know what? We don't know who this guy is, but maybe he's got something. Let's see what you got, and let's go out there and win some football games. Well, we disagree on this front, right? We disagree that uh, it, you know putting Luton in, you think, kind of gives him a little bit of hope, uh, uh, say a ceiling that that can nobody knows what the ceiling is. Uh, if they had put Glennon in, it kind of you thought it was like, wow, this means we're not really trying too hard here. Which I disagree. I thought I thought Glennon does that, but whatever. That's fine to disagree on it, uh, which shows you how how kind of murky this whole thing is anyway. Uh, but if they had put Glennon in. Do you think that would have signaled to the locker room? Do you think some guys would have been like, oh, yeah, we are tanking. We know this guy. I watched this guy play. I, I saw this guy sign for like 15 mil. He was terrible. You know? I mean, do you think either move, does it separate the locker room at all in terms of this is a sign that they're going after next year's drafting? Listen, I'm not sure what the dynamics of that locker room are. Um, if I was in there, I would think that. Because, once again, I know what Mike Glennon brings to the table. It's as simple as that. And if if you want to be realistic about this season right now, and if you want to say, can Mike Glennon lead us to victories right now, I would probably say it's a slim chance. So I would rather go with a guy that I have no idea about, and obviously the guy, if I'm playing on that team, I've seen him practice a little bit. But once again, how much can you really tell from practice? How much can you really tell from second-string reps? Because we saw Minshew in preseason, and you couldn't really tell a lot from there. So I would put Luton in. I would see what we got. And if he's not the guy, then go to Glennon. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, the uh, Brett Martineau here at San Jose Country Club, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Shack studios. And uh, the big news here today, obviously Gardner Minshew, we've been following the story since last Thursday with the hand. More on Minshew in just a bit. But the big news is Luton's gonna, Jake Luton's going to get the uh, first team snaps, and he's going to get the start on Sunday. Uh, they didn't necessarily use that phrasing, but he, uh, Doug Marone basically by the end of the news conference today said, yes, he's going to be the guy. And uh, both quarterbacks should be ready because I think in this situation, Austin, you have to have both guys ready because it could be a complete embarrassment in, in, in the first half. I mean, for Luton, we just have no idea. I mean, he could just not be ready, you know. Yeah. I mean, we just watched a guy in Ben DiNucci play last night for the Cowboys, and it looked like a fourth preseason game. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and with all due respect to him, I mean, I don't know if he's ready for it. But Luton could look the same way. He hasn't even taken a, a rep with the first team until this week. Well, I, so yeah, well, and that's why I kind of want to hold my observations of is he going to be the starter or not because I mean he he can come out there and practice. Uh, well, today they got I think just like a light practice. Tomorrow they're off. So Wednesday he can come out Wednesday and absolutely be absolutely clueless out there of what he's doing. In which case then you probably go with the sure thing. So uh, I'm not saying Loon's going to be the starter quite. Yeah, I know that's what Doug Marone is trying to get at, but who's to say Loon comes out and practice this week and absolutely stinks it up? Yeah, well, we'll get the soundbite, but it, and I don't have a transcript yet in front of me, so I don't. I was listening on my way over, and I don't know exactly the the verbatim, but basically, he was asked. Doug Marone was asked, 
what if he doesn't play well in practice? Would you go, you know, to to Glennon then? And he essentially said, listen, I want to see him in practice because I'm putting him in the game. That's what he said. Mm. And so it wasn't one of those scenarios where, well, if he throws three interceptions in practice Wednesday, uh, I'm not playing him. It didn't. It, it just didn't sound like that. But we'll play the sound bite so everybody else can get their interpretation of it. Um, he's the guy. I mean, Luton is the guy. There's. I left the news conference saying there's no doubt Luton is starting on Sunday, and that's the the way they're going at least for the time being. Uh, with the idea that it could be a quick hook because if it gets so bad, um, you might need to try to do something else. I mean, that's the position Doug Marone and the Jacksonville Jaguars are in right now. Uh, you know, Luton's a big arm guy, sixth round pick. He's a, he's the different kind of sixth round pick that Gardner Minshew was. You know, Minshew was a sixth round pick because. He basically just didn't – he had deficiencies. He was smaller. He didn't have the arm strength, all those things. People didn't believe in him. Uh, Minshew also had a pretty nice track record coming out of Washington State. I would say Luton didn't have that kind of – he didn't have those kind of numbers at Oregon State, that kind of flair even, but he definitely had the big arm. He has some of the measurable, six foot four rifle-arm guy, uh, but does it translate? You know, I, I think we're – the, the naysayers of Gardner Minshew, uh, the naysayers of any late-round quarterback will say, hey, there's a reason why they were picked in the sixth round. Mm. And now that Minshew has played poorly, now people are starting to say there's a reason why he was picked in the sixth round. Uh, I, there's reasons why Jake Luton was picked in the sixth round, but that doesn't necessarily mean they can't play well at the quarterback position in the NFL. We've got the stories uh, that obviously have followed suit. Heck, if Luton could play like Minshew did last year, I think – that would be somewhat satisfying, wouldn't it? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I mean, listen, and let's have an honest talk right now about this organization and what, what the expectations should be, all right? They're not going to the playoffs, obviously, right? And I'm sure if you're a player in that locker room, even though it pains you to say it, you understand you're not going to the playoffs this year, okay? So while it's the player's job and the coach's job and that locker room's job to win games, like for me, you got nothing to lose, Right, So you might as well throw him out there, see what you have, because who knows? Maybe he comes out, he blows the doors off, you know, he's, he's the next Gardner Minshew, and now you want to talk about going forward, you want to talk about rebuilding a franchise starting from ground zero? Well, maybe you can get some draft capital for somebody. You know, like you got to take all those things into account, because let's be honest, this organization is all about that right now. Yeah, so here's the uh, rundown, by the way, if you're wondering who the heck Jake Luton is. Uh, he started his college career in Idaho then went to Ventura College, which is a two-year college in Southern California. That's where he threw for a bunch of yards, over 3,000, had 40 touchdowns at that level. Then went to Oregon State, played eight games in 2018, 10 touchdowns, four picks, threw 1,600 yards worth. And then last year, played in, all, played in 11, uh, 2,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, three picks. So he had some nice numbers, obviously, at Oregon State. Uh, ends up being a, a six-round guy um, for... The Jacksonville Jaguars. And now, halfway through his rookie season, just a shade behind the time frame of Gardner Minshew, this sixth-round quarterback gets a start, most likely, in the NFL against Houston here in Jacksonville on Sunday. More on Jake Luton, how they came to the decision. More on Gardner Minshew. Is this it for Gardner? Is he just out for a couple weeks? What Gardner Minshew, uh, what Doug Marone has to say about that. We're live at San Jose Country Club Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, home of the Florida State Seminoles in football and basketball here in Jacksonville.
Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martineau. You got doves flying and mother birds I'm, all week. I'm, I mean. I'm trying to baby bird you right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't get to it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we got a long way to go. I mean, it's going to start with these practices each day and preparation, and we'll all know it when we see it. I don't think there's anything that's eye-opening. You know, just go in there and see if he can operate and see how he plays against a live rush. I know how he plays, you know, with a without uh, a live rush. He's done some good things, and I'm sure there'll be some things that he wants to take back, and you just hope the, the good plays are good and the bad plays don't kill you. That <laughs> is Doug Marone. This afternoon, talking about his quarterback situation, Jake Luton has got to get the first team reps. He's going to start on Sunday, which surprises me, to be honest with you. I, I said, this is easy. They're going with Glennon. <laughs> I can't believe they're actually going with Luton because that's what we want. That's why I can't believe it. That's what everybody wants to see. Let's see what we got here. But I'm not really sure you want to see that anyway because all that might do is confuse the matter. But don't you get the idea that Doug, <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. Let's just see. Let's just see what we got, Austin Lane. I mean, let's just throw him out there. And, well, let's see if he can handle a rush. I mean, he hasn't. We haven't seen him against one of those yet. Well, yeah. Listen, I mean, you're essentially throwing this guy to the wolves right now. You're throwing him in the fire. But you know what they say about pressure? Pressure can burst pipe or pipes or it can uh, make diamonds. So um, it could either be obviously a disastrous move or a genius-looking move. I just didn't like that. When it was announced, I think this was on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, that Minshew was going to be out against Houston. I didn't like how the whole speculation was. Well, we're, we're going to see, like, we're going to have a competition to see who the backup quarterback is going to be yeah. and who the starter. Like that. Listen, when when you're this far in a season right now, and you've had a chance to watch how much practice film, and I, I don't care if they're not going live reps or what. Like, you should have a pretty good idea of who the backup quarterback is going to be just in case your starter got hurt, you know who you're going to throw in. So I didn't like that dialogue. Um, it kind of shows just like a lack of communication of, hey, Minshew's down now. Who are we going to put in? Yeah, let's wait and see what happens. No, there isn't a wait and see what happens. Like, you have to have a plan because this happens in every single NFL team where if a starting quarterback goes down, you have to know who you're going to throw there in the backup. And I guess it's going to be Luton, but I didn't like how they went about announcing it. Well, I, listen, this, the same thing. And they, and to be, be fair, they didn't necessarily announce until today. I mean, Doug Marone didn't say anything, but the report was, uh, about, you know, Minshew missing the game and we confirmed that. And then the other part of the report was they're going to basically battle it out all week and see who's a starter. And that's why I was a little surprised we got named a starter today because I was kind of thinking from Rappaport's report that, uh, uh that's the way they were going. They might not decide until Thursday who to use. And I said, I tweeted the same thing you just said, man. I was like, do we really not know who the backup quarterback in Jacksonville is halfway through the year? Yeah. Like, I get they're having that preseason games. But come on. Like, they really don't know. And so what's really interesting here, and this is what makes you wonder and speculate what they're really doing, is the fact that this guy wasn't even active this season. He wasn't Minshew's backup. Glennon has been the backup. And now all of a sudden, here comes Jake Luton to play on Sunday. Uh, it's just like, let's try this. Maybe this will work. Let's see what we've got. I mean, those are the kind of like sound bites coming out of there that 
there really wasn't a big plan after Gardner Minshew. It was more, let's hope he doesn't get hurt, right? Well, yeah, and see, and to me, that's, like, if I'm in that locker room, that's what I kind of have to raise a red flag about a little bit, right? Like, I always talk about the situation when Dave got let go, um, like, right after the team luncheon, and we had a week to prepare for Tennessee, and all of a sudden our starting quarterback's gone, you know, and then I think you know, they have the backup, but then Blaine Gabbard eventually goes in, like, week three, week four. Like, at that time, we're just like, well, what is the plan here? Like, is, is there a plan? Like, we're in the locker room thinking, like, what, what are we doing right now? And I feel like when you announce, it, well, hey, we're going to have a competition to see what's up, and we're going to have a competition to see who the starting quarterback is going to be. If I'm on that defense, or if I'm even like a wide receiver in that locker room, I'm just like, hey, this is the most important position in football. You mean to tell me that you didn't do your due diligence enough to know if Minshew was going to indeed go down, you have a plan in place already? No, you're just going to wait and see what happens in practice? No, that's that that's not good planning, right? And if I'm in that locker room, I'm kind of, you know, raising an eyebrow thinking like, well, what what is the plan right now? Like, do we have a goal to win games? Or are we just kind of throwing everything in the air, throw all caution to the wind? Yeah, you know, and that's exactly what's crossing my mind now. And we're going to get more. Jake Luton is going to be the guy for now, and we'll see if Mike Lennon plays. And we also will have to find out how long Gardner Minshew will be out because, by the way, we don't know. Uh, Doug Marone doesn't know. Uh, no move to IR. Uh, no word of, like, a surgery or anything like that. And he saw a hand specialist. He can't play, uh, and he won't play. And he probably, while Doug appreciated his toughness, he also said, you know, you got to be careful about what things can hurt the team, you know, depending on what you're playing through. Uh, the idea that really this thing got exacerbated, I think, on Sunday was the way the timeline went from Doug Marone. But the bigger picture of all this, as we continue to talk about all those details, in my opinion, is it's starting to shed some light on the offseason plan. There's a big picture problem that we've had with this year the whole time, and that is when Doug and Dave were brought back, December 31st, did the show from the parking lot on my tailgate. I remember, clearly, New Year's Eve. Nobody liked the fact they were brought back. A few weeks later, Jags announced uh, two game home games in London. We get to hear from Shad Khan. Outside of a statement, he talked on a conference call. And on that conference call, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jags, said, hey, we feel like this, keeping Doug and Dave, gets us closer to winning. We're closer to winning this way. It gives us a better chance. Well, then all the off-season stuff happens, right? Trade away Calais, trade away A.J. Boye. You don't fix the Yon situation. Well, then they pivot somewhere. And we have wondered, Austin, a lot on the show, when did the pivot take place? Yeah. What is the plan? What did they tell Shad Khan to create the pivot? And why are we in this situation where you have 16 rookies and you're playing all these guys? And now even this situation months later says, hey, this is what they got. This is what they've set themselves up with behind Gardner Minshew, who you really didn't know what he was going to do this year if he'd stay healthy. You had Jameis Winston. You had even the Cam Newtons. You had these guys out there that you could have brought in, but you weren't interested in that. Instead, you sign a very inexpensive Mike Glennon, who everybody knows the story on Glennon. He's not going to do much for you, never going to threaten for the job, not going to compete for the job. And then you draft the guy in the sixth round because, hey, sometimes that's what people do. I 
I think this is starting to shed more light on on the situation, man. It's like if Minshew's good, great. If he's not, well, we'll be in position in 2021 to draft the QB because this is what they have behind Minshew. I mean, it shows the there's, this is not confident for the locker room. Jameis Winston is sitting in New Orleans. I'm not saying Jameis Winston would have come here, but you could have made a play for him. And right now you'd be maybe playing Jameis Winston for the rest of the year instead of a guy out of Oregon State that's never taken well, a snap in the NFL. Yeah, but l- let's be honest, though, Brent. Like, how, how many teams are confident right now in the NFL where if their starting quarterback goes down, their backup's going to come in and l- lead them to the promised land? They're not, not Austin, too- but I would say they're heavily invested, most of them. Yeah, you know, sure. Even, most of them are heavily invested with draft capital or dollars. Okay, yeah. This team was not. Sure, I mean, and, and that's that's fair. That's a very fair point. But let's be honest. I mean, expectations, and I don't care what they were in the locker room. I mean, they couldn't have been that high, right? And I think that regardless if you even want to try to bring Jameis Winston in, but let's be honest, Jameis Winston took a pay cut to go to New Orleans. Why? Because because he wanted to work with Sean Payton. Because he wanted to learn from Drew Brees. There is no way I feel like Jameis Winston would have came to Jacksonville. Yeah, and I'm, maybe you could have you know coaxed him in here with a lot of money. But Minshew is going to be the guy. Who, Regardless, like he was going to be the starter because he earned that right. So there's no way I'm going to see Cam Newton coming to Jacksonville. I, I don't see Jameis Winston coming to Jacksonville. So what you have is what you have. Um, and, and to be fair, regardless of who you would have brought in, if Minshew would have won it, went out with an injury or been benched or whatever the reason, it's probably a good scenario where they're not going to go to the playoffs and they're not going to win a lot of games anyways. So, yes, th- this was the ultimate make-or-break year for Gardner Minshew, but to just sit here and say, well, if they had a backup, at least it shows like they're going to try to win, not really because it, I don't think it really matters who the backup is. You weren't going to win ball games anyways. Well, and here's the thing. I'm not sure they would have. I'm using Jameis Winston as an example. He's not the only guy. I mean, Cam Newton doesn't look like he's working out in New England, but you could have had him on the cheap. My point is you're bringing guys in to compete with the idea of, hey, if this doesn't work out because we don't know if it's going to work out, we got this guy potentially. You know, yeah, we but, create competition. We, there was never even a there, – there was like, no, we're not interested. It was basically clear, crystal clear. We don't want any of that. We don't want, we're just going to give this to Minshew. It's ride, it's, it's ride or die. With Gardner. So then, Brent, so then what would you have him do? Because Cam Newton wasn't coming out as a backup role. Cam Newton wanted to be a starter. That's why Cam Newton sat out training camp and waited. Like, Cam Newton had an opportunity to go to a lot of places as a backup. He didn't want to do that. Jameis Winston took a pay cut. So, like, if you're the Jaguars, then what would the plan be to get a backup quarterback in there? Well, it would at least be show interest. There was no interest. There was no interest in any of those kind of scenarios. If they turn you down, they turn you down. Right, but I mean Jacksonville for those kind of guys, if they wanted to play and play right away, was still an appealing proposition. You know, I mean Cam Newton got in late with the Patriots, remember? And I understand, I understand what you're saying about the the Winston deal. It's it's not even like I want those guys here. Like I, I'm just saying that you just if you go backtrack this a bit, and we're trying to figure out what the intention of this season is, and what their thinking is, and what their plan is, because it is far away from we feel like Doug and Dave give us the best chance to win right now, which we were told in January. I just think it's another piece in the puzzle of saying, all right, if Minshew works, and by the way, we said this, if Minshew works, great. If he doesn't, this isn't a bad situation because there are some good quarterbacks available next year. We probably are 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, a chance to, to, you know, they saw that too. But they didn't really try to do anything to curb that, you know. Well, no, I mean, no, I, I get they, you. Never, they, they got Mike Glennon. I mean, they got Mike yeah. Glennon. That's, that's what they brought in here to, to but, save the day just in case Minshew didn't work out. 
I get you there, but like, I mean, to me, I guess the writing's always been on the wall. Like, this was the year of Minshew. Like, regardless of wins and losses, and I, I've said it religiously, I've said it many times on this show, where it's like the the main point of this season, more than anything, is to find out if Minshew's going to be the guy for the next five to ten years. Like, th- that's the only goal Absolutely. of this season. Now, regardless of what expectations were or hype was or beating the Colts and all of a sudden it's excited, like, to me, it was always the same story. So, like, I, listen, I mean, there's no way James Winston was going to come here. There's no way Cam Newton was going to come here. Andy Dalton, I wanted Andy Dalton because to me, it helped Garner Minshew, right? Well, Andy Dalton goes to the Cowboys because, let's be honest, probably a better s- scenario, at least at the time, than coming to Jacksonville. Now, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty there. But with, with that being said, I mean, there's not a lot of options at the backup quarterback to be like, you know what? Let's go after this guy because even if Minshew goes down, we have a chance of winning. Like, not too many teams and free agency can say that. Because once again, I repeat, like Cam Newton wasn't going to come here as a backup. And if you did bring him here, what, what the, what's the distraction going to be like? Winston wasn't going to come here either. And Andy Dalton went to some place where he had a better shot and got a lot more money, I feel like, in Dallas. So there wasn't a lot of options. And at the end of the day, it was all about Minshew anyways. I don't know, man. Now listen, I understand what you're saying, that those guys wouldn't have come here. My point is, I don't think there was ever even an overture to see if they would come here. Dalton had a little bit of buzz because of the connection to Jay Gruden. But that was it. I mean, and they're all, it's not like they all spent mega bucks to get these guys. I mean, money talks at the end of the day, unless somebody just really wants to turn down the scenario. But if you're a quarterback looking for a gig, this wasn't a bad landing spot for you. You could have seen this scenario playing out. I mean, but yeah, think of all the bad optics that have surrounded this team the past three or four years. Well, once again, and I'll repeat myself, Jameis Winston took a pay cut to go to the Saints. Jameis Winston's making peanuts right now as a backup quarterback because he wanted to go there. I didn't see Jameis Winston saying, you know what, I want to go into Gardner Minshew. I want to learn from the Jacksonville coaches. I've never heard him say that. The uh, big news out of the NFL, Javon Williams' suspension. Javon Williams, that is, suspension. Uh, also, some big injuries coming out of this weekend for the San Francisco 49ers. We'll continue to talk about the Jags QB spot. And also, it is Georgia-Florida week. And also, we're at the Unconquered Golf Tournament. Florida State back in action this week. We'll talk about all the college stuff on the way on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Now we got a fight. They, they are going at it. The first, I thought they were joking, but... That's Wims, Javon Wims, and Janoris Jenkins, with C.J. Gardner-Johnson involved as well, and that was was real. (laughs) (laughs) That went from, I thought they were joking, from Troy Aikman and Joe Buck to, oh, that was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was bizarre. Yeah. You know, Javon Wims is from uh, Ed White High School. Yep. Played uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Florida Gator. Janoris Jenkins wasn't too far away, Florida mm. Gator. Mm. I think that has a little something to do with this week. Well, the, I mean, it very well might. I mean, it goes to show you just how big of a deal, you know, is it Georgia-Florida or is it Florida-Georgia? What, what year are we on here? Georgia-Florida. Georgia-Florida weekend is here. Just to tick um, off the Gator fans. There we Georgia go. Let's Florida. get them a it's little always, bit. It's always Florida-Georgia. Oh, I, oh, I forgot, sir. My bad. By the way, those, those uniforms looking pretty snazzy. I, I, was Saturday night. Throwbacks last week. I wasn't mad at that. But, Brent, did, like did you see there's a breakdown of why that fight actually happened in the first place? Well, I've seen a couple of different things um, and probably haven't read enough on it. But I, first of all, I saw the previous play where the poke in the face, right, of um, from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to 
who was it, Miller, I think it was. Yeah. And then, but I also saw today something about uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was accused of spitting on whims. Ah. Uh. So, I thought what, something different. Story? I guess. Okay, I mean, I just saw, I just saw the, the video breakdown where uh, Chauncey Garner Johnson pulled the, the mouth guard out of Wims, and then the, the, the next play, Wims went at him. So like okay. you know, you like know how like, his mouth guard's hanging down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he yanked it and threw it, and then the next play, Wims went at him. Yeah, that's what so, I saw. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it was still he lost his mind. I mean, he just snapped for a moment, and so uh, that was certainly. Uh, yeah. It's going to cost him a couple of games. I mean, the, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in that play, he was stunned. Like, he didn't even move at first. He was like, Did, what's going on here? Like, it yeah. took him a second to collect himself yeah. before he got popped again. Well, and listen, I understand that if you get your, you know, mouth guard yanked off, like, you're going to be pretty upset. Now, I never wore a mouth guard, so I wouldn't really know what that feels like. But I, it's you not didn't about wear the a mouth guard when you played? No, 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 no. D- usually defensive linemen don't do that. No. Yeah. Now, is it smart? Absolutely not. But that's another conversation for another time. But with that being said, though, um, it's not about the mouth guard per se, right? They're a dime a dozen. But it's it, it's the it's the status thing, you know. It's the principle of the matter. And yeah, you you essentially saw Javon Wims just go at him and uh, and just see red, as they say. So this is going to be a little um, a little notice to all NFL players out there um, when you see red, because listen, I, I've seen red a lot. Now it happened in practice more than it happened actually in a game. Like I never got a Ejected from a game, almost got benched for fighting somebody before a game, but not actually during a game. So this is a little disclaimer for all you NFL players out there. If someone snatches your chain or pulls your mouth guard and you see red, do not, and I repeat, do not punch them in the face when they're wearing a helmet, right? Because nothing good is going to come of that. Because either you punch them and you break your hand, or you punch them and then social media takes it and rolls it and says, look at this idiot trying to punch a guy with the helmet, he's going to break his hand, right? So it's a it's a lose-lose situation. Now, I don't know Javon Wims. From what I've heard about him, everyone says he's actually a really cool guy and a really low-key kind of guy, and this is kind of out of character for him a little bit. Yeah. Do do what A.J. Green did, all right, or do what another player did. Go for the takedown, right? Go for the tackle because sometimes when you go for that takedown, you don't actually get, you know, tossed in the game. Sometimes it's just a 15-yard penalty and you're still on the field. And that way, if you take somebody down and you stand over top of them, well, now it's like a dominance thing, right? Now it actually shows that, listen, I'm the top dog here. You're on the ground. What's up? And guess what? It's a memeable moment. It's a gifable moment. And now all of a sudden you're still in the game and you're you're, you're trending on Twitter for all the right reasons. Yeah, there you go. That's a better way to do it. I don't get the punching of helmets. I mean, it happened Saturday night. We're going to get into that with the Gators in Missouri and the whole Mullen thing, yeah. uh, which a lot of people disagree with me on, I know. Um, but also... The, just the punching of him. Now, I will say the Wims punch was more of like the shove. You know, it wasn't like a closed fisted punch. I don't uh, think that didn't uh, come across to me like that. I mean, it was. Listen, it had some pretty malicious intent. And by the way, the best part about that punch is well, there's, there's kind of two punches. But the first punch, he throws it at the mask, and then like he flinches like in retaliation, and and Johnson's just kind of watching him like. What are you doing, man? And he punches him again. Like I've never seen somebody flinch at their own punch before. That was crazy. I, the whole thing was stunning. I mean, yeah. nobody look at it. You heard Troy Aikman, and Joe Buck had no idea what was going on. They thought they were messing around. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, whims. By the way, you gotta be careful if you're whims in this, uh, because whims isn't like this guy that's an everyday guy. You know, when this stuff happens, you worry about keeping a roster spot. Now, he's stuck in Chicago for a couple of years, so he's done a nice job. I'm, I'm not discounting that. But it's not like he's Allen Robinson doing this, man. He's got 
no doubt he's going to be on the roster for the next year and the next year after. I, this will this might stay with him a little bit is my point. You know, um, usually a mild mannered guy, at least the one we know. I mean, we've we've done interviews with him. Marcel Robinson did. Uh, I just saw him down at Julington Creek Plantation during the pandemic, working out with Nathan Peterman and yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, well, I mean, this seems out of character, but like you said, I mean, you see red on the football field sometimes. Guys snap on the football field. In between the lines and outside the lines are two different things. Well, for sure. And, and he also, I know he trains a little boxing as well. At least he used to. I uh, have that in pretty good authority as well. So, like, he well, knows what he's Yeah, so he knows what he's doing <laughs> a little bit, man. Um, listen, I, I can't state this enough, though. Uh, any football player, especially NFL players, where the cameras are always on you, whether it's during a game or in training camp, go for that double leg takedown like fake the punch and then go like listen i mean i can go back to one of my favorite fights of all time chris osgood patrick wah avalanche versus the red wings patrick wah punched chris osgood in the face about 10 times but you know what nobody remembers that you know why because chris osgood took him down and then when the fight was over chris osgood was on top you gotta be on top in a fight brent forget the punches if there's one guy that should be giving fighting lessons on a football field, <laughs> it's Austin Lane. From the practices against Evan Britton to whoever knows what else at Murray State to now in a cage fighting uh, you know, a few times a year. Austin Lane is here for you, Javon Wims. Here yeah. for you, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Here for you, Missouri and Florida. Hey, 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 Listen hey, up. hey, and Jaguars players, I'm just saying, if you guys are feeling froggy and you want to get in a fight, Let's do it so that I can go on the wall that says it all and break that thing down, man. I'm looking forward because let's be honest, the wall that says it all, it's been a lot of depressing kind of things. I want to break down a fight. Yeah, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, other news in from the NFL, high ankle sprain out for a bit, and also George Kittle out for eight weeks. Yeah, so that will mess up some fantasy teams right there. More on the NFL coming up, but coming up next, the fight between Missouri and, <laughs> and Florida and how it impacts this week's game. That's next on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live from San Jose Country Club here at the Unconquered Golf Tournament, official station of the Florida State Seminoles. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.